Once the charges have been read to the accused person, they then have an opportunity to plead either guilty or not guilty, right? And a plea of guilty is essentially saying, okay, I admit that I've committed this particular offense. I'm guilty of committing this offense, right? And if the accused puts in a plea of not guilty, then what happens at this stage ordinarily is that the accused will provide uh, the basis of his or her defense. Now, when an accused person puts in a guilty plea, we can distinguish between less serious offenses and more serious offenses, right? Because in the case of a less serious offense, so let's we're dealing with someone who went into the store and uh, shoplifted uh, a bunch of lint chocolates and walked out, right, with the lint chocolates to the value of 1,000 rand. That's a lot of lint chocolates. So he goes in and he steals the lint chocolates and he comes out and he's now been arrested for having committed theft and he comes before court and he pleads guilty. In that instance, because you're dealing with a less serious offense, the theft of uh, goods to the value of 1,000 rand, the accused person upon pleading guilty can be sentenced immediately. They'll, of course, have an opportunity to, to plead their circumstances, to plead uh, mitigation in sentence. So to say these are the extenuating circumstances, these are the reasons why the uh, presiding officer should have a level of mercy towards me uh, and why my sentence should be mitigated and should not be as harsh of, as what it would ordinarily be in the circumstances. So all of that would happen in the case of a guilty plea to a less serious offence. But now we have a guilty plea in, in, in respect of a serious offence, right? So now we have an offender who has been accused of raping and, and murdering the victim, right? So in this instance, if an accused person says, I'm guilty, there's obviously certain serious ramifications that are going to be uh, flowing from that guilty plea because the, the punishment that can flow from that guilty plea, the punishment that the accused faces is extremely harsh, and because of the seriousness of the offense and because of the harshness of the pun punishment and the consequences that will flow from the offense, under the Criminal Procedure Act, there's a responsibility placed on the magistrate to not simply just accept that guilty plea from the accused, but in fact to, 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 to ask the accused, uh, to question the accused with reference to the facts of the case, to make sure that the accused actually is pleading guilty to what is being charged within the charge sheet, right? And in that instance, also, if you recall from criminal law, we said that there are these various elements that constitute a crime. You must have voluntary conduct. The conduct must be unlawful, etc., etc. So what the magistrate can do at that point in time is that the magistrate, or what the magistrate rather should, must do at that point in time is question the accused in order to establish whether all of these elements of the of, of the crime, the particular crime of murder or the particular crime of rape have in fact been satisfied and that the accused is in fact guilty of the crime. Right? So under the Criminal Procedure Act, the magistrate is obliged to, to question the accused person with reference to the alleged facts of the case, with reference to the allegations in the charge sheet to see if he in fact does admit to what's um, being placed in the charge sheet against him and also to see that he in fact is admitting to every single element of the particular offence that constitutes, in this instance, the crime of murder. And if the accused pleads guilty, then that will be the plea that will be entered into the record. However, if the judge is not satisfied that the accused is, in fact, guilty of the offence, right? So the person claims that I uh, 
I murdered uh, X, I'm guilty of murdering X, uh, your worship. And in that instance, the magistrate finds out that in fact the person uh, was sleepwalking at the time and so that therefore the conduct wasn't uh, voluntary, right? If we recall under our criminal law section. In that instance, the magistrate will then say, I'm not satisfied that uh, with this uh, plea of guilty and I'm going to uh, change it now into a plea of not guilty because of the fact that you were sleepwalking, right? One of the elements of the crime have not been satisfied. But the important thing to remember is to take you back to Section 35. And Section 35 of the Constitution specifically refers to the accused's right to remain silent. And because the accused has the right to remain silent, even at this stage of the, of the trial, even at the stage of the pleading where the magistrate is going to be questioning the accused to establish whether the accused in fact is pleading guilty, it is always up for the, to the accused to say, yes, I do want to answer, no, I don't want to answer because the accused always retains that right to remain silent. So even though the accused person, the magistrate can ask the accused person questions, do you understand the charge sheet? Do you understand the crime that you've been accused of? Do you, uh, did you, were you acting in this way? Were you sleepwalking? Weren't you? The magistrate can ask all of these questions to try and ascertain whether the accused is in fact guilty. But at no point in time is the accused person obliged to respond to the magistrate because that accused person maintains that right to remain silent at all points. So where your accused person is put in a plea of not guilty instead, at that point in time, the accused person will be given an opportunity to provide an explanation of plea, right? And what an explanation of plea in essence is, is that the accused person will indicate this is the, this is the, the, the particular uh, issues I'm going to be using in in my defense. This is going to be the basis of my defense. This is the issues that I intend raising to establish that I'm in fact not guilty of this particular crime, right? So the accused person will offer this explanation of plea and perhaps the accused person will say, I admit that I had the necessary intention. I admit, admit that I had acted voluntarily. However, however, I deny that I had acted unlawfully. So at this point in time, the, the accused person in giving the explanation of plea can say, I admit that I satisfied elements one, two, three, and four of the crime. However, I deny that I, that I, uh, that I in fact, uh, possessed the, or satisfied the sixth element of the crime. And therefore, in this instance, I should be found not guilty. Now, again, to remember, even when the, the accused person puts up this plea of um, not guilty, again, the magistrate can want to try and, and, and obtain uh, information from the accused person to try and clarify certain issues at the outset of the trial, right? To try and clarify what is indeed in dispute or what isn't in dispute. But again, Section 35 and the right to remain silent means that the accused person is not obliged to answer the magistrate.